save big money at Menards. Let the fresh air in and keep the bugs out with replacement screen for your doors and windows from AdForce. It's easy to install, durable against the elements, and comes in a variety of types to suit your needs. Repair your screens today with a roll of replacement screen on sale through May 5th. And check out more great deals happening now in our weekly flyer on Menards.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the NFL Week 7 episode of the Bacon Bets podcast. Uh, of course, as always, I'm recording this on Wednesday night. Uh, I hope all of you enjoy the special Tuesday episode this week. Uh, my pick for Game 1 of the World Series hit. I was on the over. That hit. So congratulations to anyone who tailed that. Uh, as I'm recording this, it is now in the bottom of the third inning of Game 2. And if you watch today's episode of Guys and Bets, I actually went the opposite of my Game 1 pick. I'm on the under in this game. Uh, one nothing bottom of the third, so looking good so far. But I don't want to talk too much about baseball uh, because this is the NFL episode of the show. And I don't want to waste too much time uh, ranting about anything uh, here uh, in this episode either. So uh, let's recap week, week six really quick, and then we're going to dive right into my week seven picks. Uh, the road to 256 bets continues. So week six, I went eight and six. For plus 1.33 units, so just uh, in case uh, anyone's wondering what my total season record is so far through the first six weeks of the NFL season, I'm 48, 42, and 1 for plus 3.81 units. So I'm still in the profit, I'm still in the black. Uh, as I say every week, that's kind of my goal is to stay profitable for the entire season. If I can go through all 256 bets, if I can get to the end of the road of 256 bets in the profit, I'll be happy. If I can stay at three units, great. I'd like to obviously finish as high as possible, but uh, any week where I'm in the black, I'll take it. So let's uh, let's uh, take a quick look into how my individual bets uh, went there in week six. Uh, the Thursday night game. Uh, a few Thursday nights in a row. Oh, actually, there, there was no Thursday night game. Never mind. Uh, the game I was looking at was the Tuesday of the week five. Uh, they're right. There's no week. There was no Thursday game in week six. So let's jump right ahead to the Sunday games. The first one was the Falcons Vikings over. Um, now out of all the bets that I had in week six, I would say, uh, out of all my wins, this one was probably the luckiest, uh, cause it looked like it wasn't going to hit. And then there was a lot of points late in the game. And at one point it was at exactly 55. So I basically chalked it up as a push. And then there was a late score as well. I'm just going to look up to see exactly how many points are in the fourth quarter because it didn't look like yeah, 26 points in the fourth quarter. <laughs> uh, so it didn't look like it was going to hit. And then luckily the Vikings got some garbage time points there in the fourth to uh, help that out. Falcons got 10, 10, 10, 10 consistent, 10 points in every quarter. That's kind of interesting. Uh, so, yeah, that was a, a hit. Then Ravens, Eagles over 47 and a half. That was actually another one that looked like it wasn't going to hit. Um, and then a lot of points uh, happened at the end. The Eagles kind of made a comeback. So that was a game, if you remember last week, uh, all the signs were pointing to the under, uh, but it took the gut feeling and said, eh, if the under's that obvious, the over's going to hit. Uh, and I ended up getting that right. So started off with two over wins. Panthers minus two versus the Bears. Uh, I got a lot to say about the Bears. I'll get to that. Uh, at It's actually going to be the last pick of the show because Bears play Monday night this week. But uh, that bet did not hit. Obviously, I was on the Panthers. There was some opportunities late in the game. It looked like the Panthers might have tied it up. They kind of had a chance, but uh, it wasn't meant to be, so that was a loss. Bengals plus eight versus uh, the Colts. That hit. Bengals obviously took a huge lead. It was, what, 20, 
one nothing, and then twenty four to three, I think, at one point or something like that. And the Colts stormed all the way back, but luckily the Bengals uh, kept it within that eight point spread. Uh, so that hit Steelers minus three and a half against the Browns. That was my best bet of the week. That hit with absolute ease. That game kind of played out exactly how I thought it was going to. Browns couldn't establish the run. Baker Mayfield got pressured. Um, Steelers kind of ran away with that one. Broncos Patriots under 45. That hit as well. Uh, both my under bets actually hit this week, despite uh, how much I hate betting on unders. They both hit. Uh, Jaguars lines over 54 and a half did not hit. Jaguars couldn't quite keep up with the lines in terms of points. It looked like uh, in the fourth quarter we might we were all almost kind of got it. I think the Jaguars might have went for it on fourth down in close to the Lions' uh, end zone. It might have even been in the red zone, uh, but they didn't end up getting it. So no luck with that one. Texans plus one sixty-five. That was my worst speed of the week. Texans went up. I uh, actually liked the call by Romeo Carnell to go for two there at the end of the game. The Texans' offense is trash. Romeo Carnell knows that. He pro- he knew that the Titans were probably going to go down and score. And I mean, what? They kick the extra point, the Titans go down and score, and then uh, from like two or three yards out, they have to get the two-point conversion. It's not like the Texans were stopping the Titans all game. The Titans were probably, if they ended up going down to score a touchdown, they were probably going to get the two-point conversion as well. So despite it not working out for them, despite a lot of people not liking the decision, I actually really liked uh, the decision of Romeo Carnell to go for two there uh, when the Texans went up. That would end the game, a nine-point game. They didn't have enough time to come back from nine points. So they had a chance to end the game right there, didn't make it, and then, uh, I mean, that that was a bad beat. wasn't as bad of a beat than it would have been if he had the Texans spread. Um because obviously only had Texans uh, money line for the road to 256 bets. So I thought it was going to hit. Titans went down at like a minute and a half. So it wasn't the worst beat in the world. But in the Capper Cup, I did have Texans plus three. And that's a bad beat. Because in overtime, if you have an underdog plus three, um, in overtime, if uh, Titans would have just kicked a field goal, one by a field goal would have been a push. Uh, Texans field goal would have been a win. Texans touchdown would have been, been the win. The only result that would have ended in you losing your bet if you had Texans plus three, was a Titans touchdown, and of course that's what happened. So thoughts and prayers to everyone who had te- Texans plus three, including myself, who had that in the Capper Cup. Um, by the way, I still went three and two in the Capper Cup. Finally hit a best bet with the Steelers there. I think I'm just outside of the top ten, so uh, let's have another good week in there. I want to I want to finish in the top ten of that. Uh, let's uh, keep moving here though. Giants minus two and a half versus Washington. Looked like it was going to hit all, well, I shouldn't say all game, but after they returned for that defensive touchdown, I thought that was it. I thought that was uh, money in the bank. Uh, And then when Washington scored the touchdown, I was like, all right, well, uh, kick the extra point. We'll go to overtime. Giants have a good chance to win there in overtime. And then, of course, Washington went for two and didn't get it. So Giants won but didn't cover it. So I wouldn't say necessarily a bad beat, but some kind of bad luck there at the end of the Giants-Washington game. Uh, Dolphins minus nine and a half versus Jets. I mean, that was easy. The Jets absolutely stink. Uh, I'll never bet on the Jets again until the spreads get up in the 20s. Um, Packers, Bucks, under 55. Uh, looked like that wasn't going to hit uh, early in the game a lot of points, but then it slowed down. Both defenses kind of stepped up. Uh, I had a guy chirp me on Twitter for the pick uh, at, after it was like 14-7 or 14-14. He chirped me for betting on an under, saying it's a stupid pick and I'm an idiot. Um, and I kind of like it when people do that because then that usually blows up in their face, so... Um, the under ended up hitting. So Packers, Bucks under 55 hit. Rams minus three and a half versus the 49ers did not hit. Rams just didn't play a good game. There's no uh, 49ers p- played good. Rams did not play good. That's just the way it is. That happens. Chiefs minus three and a half versus the Bills. That uh, hit with ease there as well. 
and then Cowboys plus two versus Cardinals. Uh, I said it on the Tuesday episode of the show while I was actually watching the game that that was a pick where, and usually one of these happen per week where I lock in the bet Wednesday, obviously, when I'm recording right before I start recording the podcast. Uh, but then as it gets closer to game time, I change my mind. I think about the game differently, and I completely regret the bet. But obviously, at that point, it's too late for me to back out of it. And that's how I felt about the Cowboys. I liked them when I recorded the podcast last Wednesday night, and then the closer it got to Monday night's game, uh, I hated it. I hated it. I, I, I think I even tweeted about it. I think. Or no, is is on the Tuesday episode podcast. I, I felt like the Cardinals were, were going to run away with it by the time kickoff happened. Um, but I locked it in Wednesday, so I couldn't change it at that point. I'm a man of my word. i got to stick to whatever I say on the podcast. So Cowboys weren't even close. That was an absolute shit show. So that's the little recap there. So what did I say? I went there 8-6 and six for plus 1.33 units. If just the Texans could have pulled that out, if they could, just could have stopped the Titans, or if they could have got that two-point conversion, then I would have been 9-5 and five for like three units over three units so it would have been a fantastic week uh but it wasn't meant to be still uh profitable week so i will take it but that's my little recap uh before we get into my week seven picks be sure to subscribe to the show rate it review it tell your friends about it tell your co-workers um if you ever get uh, stop at like a red light uh roll down your window and shout at the car next to you hey watch a watch a bacon bets podcast um Ooh, Dustin Mays coming into the game. Interesting. That uh, I like that for my underbet, baby. Uh, yeah. Donate to the show if you'd like to. Maybe if you want a big bet on the World Series over in Game One. Uh, link is in the description. Obviously, I always say don't feel like you have to. Don't feel like you need to whatsoever. But if I've helped you win bets, if you have some extra money, uh, donate. Link is there. I gotta stop being lazy and actually try to find ads for the show. Um. I'm so busy. Uh, yeah, I, it's tough to find time to go out and find ads for the show, but I will eventually, and when I do that, I'll stop promoting the donation link. But that's it. That's all I have for you guys. Let's get into the NFL Week 7 episode of the Bacon Bets Podcast. More bacon than the pan can handle. 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 Utility man. All right, let's not waste any time. Let's start with the Thursday night game, Giants-Eagles. Eagles are four-and-a-half-point favorites as of tonight. Uh, that was the way I was kind of leaning all week. Uh, I thought I was going to go with the Eagles, but I am going to go with the under instead. So under 45 between Giants and Eagles. Two bad offenses, or at least bad offenses so far this year. Uh, two pretty, at least decent, at least at the very least average defenses. Uh, so Eagles 27th in offensive yards per game at 329.3. Giants dead last in offensive yards per game, 275.3. Uh, Eagles are also 22nd points scored per game, per game. Giants are 31st in points per game. Giants offense is just absolutely abysmal. I don't know what they're going to do with Daniel Jones. I mean, I can't say I've kind of watched too many Giants games very closely. They obviously have no Saquon Barkley. Is is their offensive line an issue? Do they not have receivers? Is Daniel Jones just that bad? I'll get a closer look uh, at the Giants here on Thursday night. Um, both defenses, like I said, not terrible, though. Giants 12th in opponent yards per game, actually. That's pretty good. Eagles are 17th. Um, like I said, I lean the Eagles, especially with them at home. Uh, but they have a lot of injuries. Um, Miles Sanders not playing this week. Alshon Jeffrey still out. Zach Ertz is out this week. Uh, 
And also uh, another reason why I, I like the under. Eagles are third in sack percentage on defense. Giants are 12th. While on the other side of the ball, Carson Wentz gets sacked at the second highest rate per dropback. Daniel Jones gets sacked at the ninth highest rate per dropback. So both teams' defenses get a lot of sacks. Both teams' offenses give up a lot of sacks. So I think we're going to see a lot of sacks in this game. And you guys know sacks are absolute killers for offenses. That completely takes you out. Uh, especially if it's, uh, I mean, if it's sometimes you're in field goal range, you give up a sack, you're out of field goal range. There's three points right there. So uh, I think that bodes well for the under as well. Giants also second last in red zone percentage. They're only getting in the end zone in 25% of their trips to the red zone. So long story short, uh, even though this has kind of been a long pick to begin with, uh, terrible offenses, competent defenses. The under has to be the play. So under 45, minus 110, Giants-Eagles on Thursday night. Let's move on to Sunday. For once, we're not starting with the Falcons game. We're going to start with the Bills and Jets. Let's get this dumpster fire of a game out of our way. Um, I wish I would have uh, locked this bet in Sunday, but I promise you guys I locked my bets in uh, Wednesday before I record because Sunday the opening line was 11. I knew it was going to change because no one in the right mind is going to bet on the Jets, so that's been bet up to minus 13.5, but at least we're still getting it at under that 14 mark. I bet you by kickoff it'll probably be at 14, 14.5, maybe even 15. Um, same situation as last week, though, and it will be to continue to be the same for the rest of the NFL season until I see a spread in the 20s. I will not and cannot bet on the Jets. Even if I lose and the Jets somehow cover, I'll still be fine with the bet because even in hindsight, there's no way you can justify a Jets bet. You just can't. So even if I lose, I'll be like, all right, whatever. I wouldn't have bet on the Jets anyway. 30th in yards per game, dead last in points per game. I can't remember there being a team as bad as the Jets, and Adam Gase is the biggest moron in professional sports. Did you guys see... Um, the other day he had a quote saying that, uh, it's irrelevant that they misuse Le'Veon Bell. It's like, what do you mean that's irrelevant, you moron? Your job as a coach is to utilize that, is to find a way to utilize the talent on your team. You not being able to do that is the definition of relevant because that's what you're supposed to do. You fucking moron. <laughs> I mean, at this, I, I, it, they must just like have already given up on the season, so may as well just keep Gates around and then find a coach in the offseason. That's the only way I can think of why the Jets haven't fired him yet. But, um, and I'm saying this not ironically. I actually think uh, like the average Joe who just like knows football uh, would be a better coach than Adam Gase. I honestly think I don't know. I don't know. Like he, even just from like a morale perspective, even from like being like a. Uh, a good coach in the locker room. Like he's, he's clearly, he puts all the blame on everyone else except for himself. It's insane. Uh, so enough about that game. Bills minus 13 and a half. Let's move on with our lives. Like I said, if it doesn't hit whatever, cause I'm not betting on the jets, uh, on the jets regardless. Um, Panthers saints and a little NFC South matchup. Panthers are one of those teams. I'm just kind of obsessed with betting on. I can't help it. Also this team saints are a team that I'm obsessed betting against because fuck the ain'ts and that noodle arm drew Brees a quarterback. Also, by the way, Teddy brought Teddy Bridgewater revenge game. Uh, not really, though, because I don't really believe in revenge games. But it's a storyline, at least. This is Teddy Bridgewater's uh, return of the Saints. Wasn't he 5-0 and against the spread as a um, starter for the Saints last year? We ought to put some respect on Teddy's name. Saints defense is very good at stopping the run. Fourth in opponent yards per carry. Sixth in opponent rushing yards per game. But they're not so good against the pass. 29th in opponent QB passer rating. 19th in opponent passing yards per game. 18th in opponent passing yards per attempt. Meanwhile, Carolina's defense is actually pretty good. They've actually stepped it up recently. They're pretty good against the pass. Sixth in opponent QB passer rating. Seventh in opponent passing yards per game. Second in opponent passing yards per attempt. So Carolina's defense is a little bit underrated going in this week as well, I think. 
then, like I said, I love Teddy Bridgewater. I've ranted about him before. He's probably the most underrated QB in the NFL right now. Um, so I'll take the Panthers. I'll take the Panthers to keep it within a touchdown. I was surprised to see this big of a spread, to be honest. Do they win? Probably not, but it's uh, over that magic number of seven, so I'll uh, take the Panthers. Uh, plus seven and a half, minus 120. Browns, Bengals. Um, this might be, yes, I think this is my best bet of the week. It's going to be Browns minus three and a half, minus 105 against the Bengals. So this is actually the first time this season that I am betting against the Bengals. And I think this is the first rematch of the NFL season as well. I don't think any other uh, divisional games have happened twice so far. But uh, if you remember, these two teams played on Thursday night football in week two. The Bengals did get the backdoor cover in that game. I think the Browns were, what, five and a half point favorites, I think. Uh, they dominated the game. They won easily. If they didn't manage to cover, though, the Bengals kind of got that backdoor cover. So uh, I was on the over in that game, but this game, I am going to back the Browns minus three and a half. Number one, I think Joe Burrow is starting to see ghosts a little bit. Uh, it kind of seems like, I mean, can we get Joe Burrow on offensive line, please? Bengals should do nothing in the offseason, uh, should 100% put all, ooh, the Rays score, they're up 3 nothing. that doesn't help my, what happened, Dustin May? Two votes, couldn't get him out, two runs scored, damn, uh. Anyways, <laughs> can we get Joe Burrow on offensive line? It seems like uh, like when we're watching him pass, he's like all he's like he, he's ready to get hit every time he drops back. It's starting to affect his throws. Every time he drops back, he knows he's going to hit. Like his feet, he doesn't really set his feet as much anymore because he knows the hit's coming. Uh, it's starting to affect his throws. So please, Bengals, get get my guy Joe Burrow on offensive line. Browns are seventh in QB pressure. Miles Garrett's obviously B, so he might cause some issues. Uh, but the ma the biggest reason why I like the Browns here, uh, we all know the Browns' offense revolves around the run game. Bengals, 29th in opponent yards per carry, allowing 5.1 yards per rush. 27th in opponent rushing yards per game. So I think the Browns can run all over them, and uh, they'll get to Burrow enough to prevent the backdoor cover this time, I think. So I'll take Browns minus 3.5 at minus 105. Cowboys-Washington. Like, what are you going to do in this game? Cowboys against what? Like, what are you going to do? I wish I could call a mulligan and not bet on this game. And then I considered just literally flipping a coin while I was recording and taking whatever uh, the coin told me to do. I stared at this game longer than I did any other game on the board this week, which it I really shouldn't have because this game, this dumpster fiver game does not deserve my attention. But I finally decided... Uh, I've tweeted it now three or four weeks in a row. I'm done betting on the Cowboys. But now at this point, I, I have to bet on them again. Because at this point, I I'm falling victim to the sunk cost fallacy. A little psychology 101 for you guys. Um, I've spent... I'm not going to say I've spent so much money. I've bet on the Cowboys so much this year that I'm obligated to keep... I feel like I'm obligated to keep betting on them until they cover a spread. Because there's no way they can go 0-16 against a spread, is there? I just can't... I mean, no. Obviously not. They have to cover the spread at some point. And like I said, I just feel like uh, I've put enough bets into it. As soon as I stop betting on them, they're going to cover. And then, uh, I'll, I don't know, I'll feel stupid. So, uh, But then again, I'll probably feel even more stupid betting on them again and losing again. Um, I think they were slight favorites. But uh, as of recording this podcast at Bovada, it's actually a pick em. Uh So I got Cowboys minus 115 just to win straight up against Washington. I mean, what else do you want me to say about this game? There's, I, I'm not going to get into stats about these dumpster fire teams. The, what, uh, Cowboys defense stinks. I could throw for 300 yards against this Cowboys defense. Washington's offense also stinks. 
Washington's defense is about average. Cowboys' uh, offense is uh, about average with Andy Dalton, the quarterback. So I have, I have no stats or true handicapping to back up my pick here. Cowboys look better on paper, so I guess that's why I like them in this game. They have more talent on offense. Maybe Zeke will finally stop fumbling the ball. He's got to stop wearing those sleeves. He's got to get some grippy sleeves or just don't or go no sleeves because those sleeves aren't helping him out. Uh, Cowboys mi minus 115, but I hate it. 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 I hate it so much that I am going to put it as one of my Capra Cup picks. Ah. Uh, Oh, I swear if they if they don't win again this week. I mean, they have to win. If, if I end up betting on them every week, they have to win some point, right? They have to. Cowboys minus 115. Lions, Falcons. Uh, speaking of following the same strategy every week, I'm doing the same thing in this one. Um, I don't understand the Falcons. I thought it did at the start of the year. Uh, this and then finally in this last week for the first time this season, the Falcons look like the team I expected them to look like heading into the season. Uh, did firing Dan Quinn fix their problems or is that a one-week anomaly? I don't know. I don't think you know either. So I'm just going to bet the over. I'll take over 55 at minus 110. That's what I bet against the Vikings. It ended up hitting. It's at the exact same number this week. It's 55 last week. It's 55 this week. Uh, so, yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I don't get the Falcons. Maybe a couple more games after uh, under Raheem Morris. Maybe I'll understand them better. But I'll, I'll just take the over. Falcons, second last in opponent passing yards per game. Third last in opponent completion percentage. Dead last in opponent QB passer rating. So Stafford should have a field day. Um Falcons offense should be able to keep up with him. But then again, Detroit's defense hasn't actually been terrible. They have picked it up recently. They're now, instead of being terrible, they're now kind of just below average and everything instead. So, I don't know. Like I said, Falcons still confuse me. I'm just going to take the over every week uh, until I understand that team. So, over 55, minus 110, and I'm going to hope for the best. Uh, next game is a game that's kind of confusing me with the line. The line seems kind of fishy. Packers minus three and a half, minus one fifteen against the Texans. Everyone looking at this game, the Packers seem like the obvious bet, don't they? They have to be, kind of. They seem it, um, but so did last week's uh, line against uh, the Bucks. That also seemed fishy, but I kind of sniffed that one out. Uh, if you don't remember, uh, with the Packers, they opened as minus two and a half point favorites, but it went down to minus one even though all the public money was on the Packers, and it was because all the sharp money was on the Bucks, and then we saw what happened. The Bucks absolutely destroyed them. But I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to follow the sharp money. Well, I ended up betting the, the under, so I didn't follow the sharp money, but I'm not going to let the sharp money scare me in this one, if even that's what's going on, because I don't think the lines move, so maybe it's not sharp money. It's just a fishy line in general, but the Texans' defense stinks. I'm taking Packers minus 3.5. It's at minus 115 is what I got of that. The Texans' defense absolutely stinks. They that, that That's what screwed me in that money line bet. It uh, wasn't something I thought too much about. I should have saw how bad their defense was, so I should have saw that coming. They're allowing 5.4 yards per carry, uh, which is the most in the NFL by .3 yards. That's absolutely insane. I'm about ready to strap on my helmet. I could probably get at least 4 yards a carry against this Texans' defense. Uh, they're also 23rd in opponent uh, yards per pass attempt, so it's not like they're good at stopping the pass either. They're just a terrible, terrible defense. I don't see how they're going to be able to slow down the Packers' offense. To be fair, the Texans' defense has been pretty good, especially their pass game. Uh, believe it or not, they're third in passing yards per game, first in yards per pass attempt. But they're also allowing 3.2 sacks per game, which is 29th in the league. So they're not, they're not doing a great job of protecting uh, Deshaun Watson. Uh, the over 57 might be the play here. I thought about that, but whenever you get a number higher than 55, I, for some reason, get nervous. Uh, the Packers defense, by the way, literally definition of average in basically every single defensive stat through their 14th or 15th, including opponent yards per game, sacks per game, opponent yards per carry. So 
don't have too much to say about the Packers defense. I'm just going to take the Packers to cover here. I can't trust the Texans defense to stop the Packers whatsoever. Meanwhile, the Packers defense is good enough to at least get a couple stop against a couple stops against the Texans. So I'll take Packers minus three and a half, minus 115. By the way, I'm on a lot of road teams this week, which makes me really nervous. Uh, but I didn't realize that until I was reviewing all my picks before I started recording. But a lot of road teams. Now, road teams are covering at a high rate this week, but at some point we're probably going to see a regression to the mean, like we saw a regression to the mean uh, with the unders this past week. Unders went 10-4 uh, and four in week six. So are we going to see another regression with road teams? I don't know. Um, if it happens this week, I'm going to have a terrible week, I'll tell you that. Steelers-Titans. So uh, sharp money. This is one of those sharp money games because... I woke up this morning, Steelers are minus two, and then uh, by the time I was handicapping the games this evening, that line moved all the way to Steelers plus one. So this, the line in this game moved three points, and I can't see why. Uh, I tweeted it out this evening, um, asking if anyone knew why. Uh, Corey Davis returned to practice for the Titans. That's not worth three points. A couple of guys had a few, uh, a few reasons I thought uh, might have been why there is a, uh, a line shift. I think someone uh, said that <laughs> there's a... Uh, report out that Ryan Tannehill had a dinner with Peyton Manning and went very well, which I don't even know if that's true, but that's that's funny. Uh, as if the line would move three points for that reason. I, I know that guy was joking, but I, I thought it was a funny joke by him, even if that didn't happen. But I'm guessing Tannehill did meet with Manning, maybe. Regardless, I digress. I'm not going to let this sharp money scare me here. I'm still, I like the Titans at minus two. I like them even better at plus one. So what I'm going to do, since we got a little advantage with the line moving, I'm just going to take Steelers uh, on the money line. Uh, I'm not going to make this my official underdog money line play of the week because I was just going to take the minus two. So, I'll, I'll, But now that the lines shift, I'll take him plus 105 on the money line. Um, yeah, I'm on them for the same week that I was on them against the Browns last week. They're fantastic at stopping the run, and the Titans rely on the run in a similar way that the Browns do. Steelers only allowing 3.3 yards per carry, 66.2 yards per game on the ground. Um, starting to buy into the Steelers big time. They also pressure the quarterback on 17.7% of opponents' dropbacks, which is first in the NFL by a mile. Um, I know Devin Bush is injured. Uh, I know that's what you're thinking right now, but Ian, Devin Bush is injured. Well, I can't put too much stock into that until I see how that much, how we, how that actually affects their defense. Because who's the backup? Who's going to get the start over Devin Bush? I mean, I, I don't know the Steelers that well, so... Um, I, I don't know, but it may, maybe their backup can does a decent job filling in. I, don't, I can't speculate. Now, if they come out and the Titans just destroy them and their defense looks like shit, then that'll make me reevaluate for the next week. But as of right now, I don't want to put too much stock into Devin Bush being injured. Time will tell on how that will affect their defense. Also, on the offensive side of the ball, Pittsburgh loves running the ball. They're actually only like average at actually doing it, uh, but they're still fifth in rush play percentage, running the ball on 47.75% of plays. And like I said last week, the Titans aren't great at stopping the run. They give up 5.1 yard, 5 yards per carry, which is 30th in the NFL. Uh, much like the Browns, I think this is a great stylistic matchup for the Steelers, in my opinion, so I don't understand the line movement. I'll take Steelers on the money line plus 105. Now for my true under, underdog money line alert, Underdog money line alert. Underdog money line alert. Taking the Cardinals. Cardinals. Plus 160 against the Shitcocks, the old Seahawks. Uh, yes, the Seahawks are undefeated. Yes, they're 4-1 against the spread, but you can't stay undefeated with literally the worst defense in the NFL. Seahawks defense dead last in opponent passing yards per game. They're giving up 370.4. 
That's not even close to the next closest. The next worst is the Falcons at 335.3. So quick math, that is 35 yards more than the next worst defense in stopping the pass. Also, it looks like Jamal Adams won't be back this week either. Uh, at least I don't think he is. If there was reports that he was back today, maybe I wouldn't make this bet. But the reports I read looks like he's probably not back this week. Uh, and as much as I shit on Kyler Murray, he's good enough to torch his defense, especially with the t- talent they have at wideout. By the way, Kyler Murray, yes, he killed the Cowboys uh, last week, but look at his completion percentage. He completed like 37% or something. Bad, 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 bad. Kyler Murray stinks, but I'm betting on him this week because um, I do think uh, he's good enough to torch his defense with the talent that they have at wideout. Also, Cardinals passing defense above average, so they should be able to slow down Russell Wilson at least a little bit. 10th in opponent completion percentage, 6th in opponent yards per passing attempt, and 13th in average opponent passer rating. So I'm sure Russell Wilson will still have a great game, but that defense is going to start costing them if they don't start to pick it up. So I love this spot for the Cardinals to pull off the upset at home. Next, we're moving on to the Jaguars and Chargers, and I'm going to take... The Jaguars plus seven and a half. Now, I will say for my Capper Cup, this is my best bet on Capper Cup, but the lines uh, that I was given for the Capper Cup have Jaguars plus nine. At plus seven and a half, I wouldn't have set them as my best bet, but I still like this bet. Yes, the Jaguars are bad. Yes, Justin Herbert should have a field day against them because Jaguars passing defense is almost as bad as Seattle's. But this number being over that mark of a touchdown makes me nervous to back the Chargers, so I'm going to take the Jaguars here. It, it's tough. It's tough. It's one of those ones that, like, I hate it, but I hate it so much that I love it. By the way, the Jaguars pass the ball more than any other team in the NFL. 67.72% of their plays are passing plays. Gardner Minshew probably feels like he's back at Washington State. Uh, but the Chargers are below average in stopping the pass. 19th in average opponent passer rating. 19th in opponent complete, completion percentage. 13th in opponent yards per pass attempt. Uh, they're also right around uh, there in most offensive stats as well. They're, they're, I mean, they're, they're, up to, they're an average to above average team right now. Um, and I can't lay more than a touchdown on a team that's around average. If I'm laying more than a touchdown, the team better either be very good or they better be playing against the Jets. So I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lay that. I'll take the points with the Jaguars plus seven and a half against the Chargers at minus one ten. Moving on to the Chiefs-Broncos. I'm taking Chiefs minus 10, minus 105 against the Broncos. I'm going to keep riding the Chiefs train here. Why not? Uh, They showed off a new weapon last week, which is basically a counter to other teams just defending the pass and then running the ball on offense. The Chiefs basically said, well, fuck you. We'll we'll run the ball too. Uh, And they looked fantastic doing it. Also, the Broncos' offense, not near good enough to keep up with the Chiefs' offense. uh, Sorry, not near good enough to keep the Chiefs' offense off the field. Broncos offense 29th in offensive yards per game 29th in yards per rush attempt so they can't run the ball either which is what you have to do against the Chiefs 26th in yards per pass attempt Uh, so I mean they can't really throw the ball either good luck keeping up with the Chiefs offense Uh, also Broncos defense 20th in opponent passing yards per game 18th in opponent completion percentage per game and the goddamn Jets put up 20 points against them so I mean, what, you're going to let the Jets score 28 points, and then you're going to hold the, the Chiefs to uh, uh, within 10 points? Uh, it's not going to happen. Chiefs will cover that 10-point spread, I think. And also, it sounds like a square bet, but, I mean, if you don't know, the Chiefs are 13-2 and against the spread in their last 15 games. Um, so are we going to see a regression of the mean on that? Uh, maybe, maybe not. But, uh, I mean, sometimes you'll, I'll make a Chiefs pick, and someone will say, oh, that's a square bet. Well, I'll take a square bet every week if it wins. Would you rather me make the, make the non-square bet, the sharp bet, and it loses? 
I'll, I'll just ride this uh, train on the Chiefs. I'll do it. Watch me. I'll fucking do it. Uh, 49ers, Patriots. This is probably the toughest game to call of the week, I think. Uh, yeah, I think it is. I'm going to make, yeah, this is the toughest game to call. Uh, so I, I wouldn't tail this pick if I were you, but I am going to take the 49ers plus two at minus 110. Uh, I think we're starting to see the Patriots' true color, so I'm going to start fading them while I can. Main reason why I like this bet is the Patriots like to run the ball a ton. 33 rushing attempts per game, which is first in the NFL. Their third in rush play percentage. And the 49ers pretty solid at stopping the run. Eighth in opponent rushing yards per attempt. Tenth in opponent rushing yards per game. And as a whole, they're fifth in opponent yards per game. Patriots are going to do well. They're going to do de decent against teams with bad defenses. But they're going to struggle against teams with good defensive units. And that's what the 49ers are. Uh, but this is a close game. I think realistically it could go either way. Uh, if I was setting this line um, with it being in New England, I'd probably set it as a pick'em. So in a neutral field, I would actually give. Uh, I would actually make the 49ers a very slight favorite. I think um, 49ers have the more talented. They just have more talent on offense as well. So I'll give them the slight edge. I'll take 49ers plus two at minus 110. I'm not even gonna take money line. That's how like unsure about this game. I'll just take the two points just in case. Uh, Bucks against the, the Raiders. Bucks. I can take the Bucks minus three and a half. This is also a game I don't really feel too comfortable with. This seems kind of fishy. Uh, but Bucks minus three and a half, minus one fifteen. I am ready. I think I'm ready to admit I was wrong about the Bucks preseason. Uh, but I don't think I was wrong about their offense, especially with how many interceptions Tom Brady has thrown. He hasn't looking great. But what I did not expect about this team is their defense to be this good. They literally have the best defense in the league, and that's why I'm going to bet on them in this game. Last season, they had one of the worst defenses, if not the single worst. So I don't know how they kind of completely flipped their defense from the worst to the best, but they are. They're first in stopping the run in both total opponent rushing yards per game as well as opponent rushing yards per attempt. And the Raiders need to run the ball to find success. So, the I mean, the Bucks should slow them down. Bucks are also first in overall defense, too, as far as opponent yards per game. Raiders defense can't get off the field. 25th in opponent third down conversion percentage. So, I mean, other than that, the Raiders are average in a lot of areas. They're basically just another average team, kind of like the Chargers. I think Tampa's defense is going to be the big difference maker here. I'll take Bucks minus 3.5 at minus 115. I don't feel super comfortable with it. Also, I don't have the exact number uh, in front of me, but I think, and I think Joe said this, Joe Osborne said this at some point. Uh, maybe he tweeted it, maybe. Uh, but that John Gruden is really bad off a of bye week. Wait, did the Raiders have a bye week last week? I say that. Now I'm not even 100% sure if they had a bye week. I think they did, right? Because who who'd they play last week? Yeah, they beat the Chiefs the week before and then had a bye week last week. Yeah, I think John Gruden has historically been really bad off the bye for some reason. I uh, should have found that number before I just said it without citing any sources. But I'm pretty sure I heard Joe say that at some point or I read a tweet by him. Uh, so Bucks minus... Three and a half minus 115. And then finally, the Monday night football game. I've been waiting to talk about this game because I feel like I need to address Bears fans out there. I keep calling them frauds every week, but I stand by it. I tweeted out a couple days ago that the Bears are frauds. I had some people angry at me. Some people were saying uh, that I'm wrong. Some people were saying that I'm only saying it to get clicks and engagement. Some people were saying that I just like to get certain fan bases angry at me like I did with the uh, Islanders fan base during the NHL season. But listen, Bears fans, I'm sorry. But I call them like I see them. I just have to. I'm sorry for being honest. I mean, I'm not going to sugarcoat things. I'm not going to talk nice about all 32 teams. I have to be honest. If nothing else, I'm honest. Listen, 
Bears, 28th in the NFL in offensive yards per game. The only teams that are worse are the Broncos, Jets, Washington, and the Giants. That's it. How can you look at your team and be fully confident saying that you're truly deserving of a 5-1 record when, you have, when you're 25th in yards per carry, 28th in yards per pass attempt, 26th in completion percentage, and 30th in punts per score? You're averaging more punts than scores. Only five teams in the NFL are doing that. But yet, you're going to look at me and say that the 5-1 and one record's deserving? I don't care that your defense is good. Your offense is absolutely atrocious. You deserve to finish at 8-8 eight and eight at best. I mean, and I'm saying this with, with all due respect. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I can't lie, though. I got to call them how I see them. Your team's not as good as your fraudulent record indicates. You just aren't. I'm sorry. Don't hate me for telling the truth. So in saying that, I'm taking Rams minus 6. <laughs> Also, what is it with uh, Chicago Bears and having a good defense but a shit offense? No matter who's the coach, who the quarterback is, what decade what decade it is, the Chicago Bears are cursed to have a good defense but a bad offense every single year. It's amazing. I think the Rams are going to bounce back from the bad game on Sunday night. Top 10 offense, top 10 defense. Sean McVay is a much better coach than Matt Nagy. Uh, also, you want to talk about how good the Bears' defense is. Well, the Rams have fewer opponent yards per game and fewer opponent points per game. So, I mean, I don't know about that. Rams win this one in a blowout. I will be fading the Bears for weeks to come because of the record is fraudulent. Also, sport I mean sports books have to agree with me. They're setting a team that's five and one as six point underdogs to a team that's four and two. Hmm. Rams by a million. So there you go. Those are my best bets for every single week seven game. Let me uh, once again count through and make sure I didn't miss any. One, two, three, four, five. Let's do it in French. Un, deux, trois, cat. Cinq, six, sept, huit, neuf, dix, onze, douze, treize, quatorze. That's it, four teams. Four teams are on bot. So there you go. Those are all uh, 14 picks for the 14 games. Uh, like I usually do, I'll give you guys my best bets in case you're curious. Now, like I said, I have the Jaguars as my best bet in the odd share contest, but they're, they're not my number one best bet in this. I'm only doing it in the Capra Cup because... Um, I'm getting a, an extra point and a half. My best bet, though, if I'm going based off the lines that I locked in tonight, is going to be Browns minus three and a half versus Bengals. Steelers plus one. I'm taking money line, but if you just want to go with spread, Steelers plus one is another best bet. Packers minus three and a half versus Texans is my third. Um, Cardinals, like I said, I'm taking money line, but if you're just looking at spread, they're my fourth best bet. And then the Jaguars plus seven and a half would be my fifth best bet. Uh, so there you go. I got nothing else for you. My best bets. This is a little bit of a shorter episode. I guess it's around the same length as the other um, NFL ones. Uh, how are we looking in the World Series? Still 3 nothing. top of the fifth. Two votes, one on. Okay. Okay. Let's get the bullpens going. Uh, and let's root for that under. Let's see if I can go 2-0 in the World Series. Uh, that's all I got for you. Best of luck, everyone, with your bets this week. If you decide to tail me, best of luck. If you decide to fade me, go fuck yourself, but also kind of best of luck. Uh, maybe it's, I mean, I'm, am I due for a bad week? I haven't had a bad, bad, bad week since uh, week one, since week one. I went 6-10 and ten in week one, and then I had a couple losing weeks after that, but they're still, I think, less than the unit losses. So um, best of luck, whatever you do. I love you all, and gambler, bless.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.